Hey friends, welcome to episode 67 of the Fierce Calling podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift, and I appreciate you stopping by. I am thankful for you and that you're listening in today. And I have a great show for you. I have my friend with me, Sarah Keeling, and we're going to talk about what happens when the hard seasons of life come and go. They ebb and flow. We trust God and we pray, but there are times when it's even hard to pray and even hard to read the Bible, right? I know I've been there and I'm thinking some of you have been there too. Well, Sarah Keeling knows all about what that is like and she's going to share her experiences and join me as we talk about her books, Psalm Prayers for Kids, a 40-day prayer journal and Psalm Prayers for the nations. We need that right now. Engage your family with 40 scripture-based prayers. She shares God's faithfulness in some really hard times and seasons in her life and what she's learned about prayer and how she's teaching others how to use scripture to pray. She has a heart for seeing families dive deep into the word of God and for others to hear the word of God in their own language. So she's involved in Bible translation ministry. It's it's just fantastic. We're going to hear about her Hearts at Rest podcast. Doesn't that sound awesome? So listen in while I have a chat with Sarah King. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling podcast. Today, I am blessed and excited to welcome my friend, Sarah Keeling. She's a wife, a mom of two boys, and she loves Jesus, and she's passionate about helping others connect deeply with him. And she's the author of Psalm Prayers for Kids, which is amazing, and Psalm Prayers for the Nations, which we desperately need right now. And she hosts a podcast, too, called Hearts at Rest with Sarah Keeling. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Good to have you today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. So yes. exciting. I am excited about this. And I love the fact that you live on a ranch in Texas. Is that right? Yeah, I do. I have like a legit cowboy as a husband. He's the <laughs> real deal. Yesterday, they were shipping cattle actually at a, a farm that he works at too, um, where it's like a grass farm, but they have cattle there. And so he came home with his horse trailer and unloaded. It's so fun. I'm not like, I don't know any of those things. I mean, I do now, but I did not grow up like that. And so it was quite an adventure when we first got married. It still is because I'm learning new things. Like well, that's very cool. It's kind of like a Hallmark movie. Oh my gosh. It's like more embarrassing, you know, than a Hallmark movie. I've done a lot of embarrassing things. I thought Roadrunners were like five foot tall um, because that's how they were on TV. Yes, the Roadrunner, right? <laughs> They're not five foot tall. How tall are they? They're like a foot. They're oh, tiny. man. I did not know this. This is good to know. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's, I'm glad I'm not the only one. So when yeah. we saw one, I thought, oh, that's so cute. It's a baby roadrunner. Oh, <laughs> that is so precious. I would have done the same thing, Sarah. Just so excited to have you on to talk about the prayer books that you have in your ministry and how God has brought you through so many different things and how he's been so faithful in your life. I'd love if you would share a little bit about your story and how you are taking action for your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. It's, it's like I hate, sometimes I hate to say, oh, God has helped me through so many hard things. 
because I know people go through things that are worse. You know, sometimes I think we're scared to just own that was really hard. But God has brought us through some things that were really hard for us, some really difficult seasons, at least for us, you know. Yes, there's people I see that go through things, and I'm so glad I didn't go through them. But at the same time, my things, they felt real hard. So let me just summarize childhood by saying it was tough. My parents had a a broken marriage. I have a brother with disabilities. But I had a lot of other family support, and I'm super grateful for that. So. I, from a young age, though, really, as soon as I became a Christian, God just began to draw me near to him and heal a lot of those broken places. But it was a long process, really, even into our early marriage, God continued to reveal things. And so when I met my sweet, wonderful husband, we really began to walk through some hard seasons uh, as a married couple based on some trauma that I had experienced uh, when I was young that I didn't even remember until I got married. So that was one of them. And then we literally, well, and then I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And that kind of went into the next really hard season. As soon as we were taken out of that one, we had a sweet, like, nine months maybe and then we're just thrown into another really tough season when our 10 year old mac was born my autoimmune issues flared really badly and i basically just couldn't take care of him by myself at all and it that was a dark dark season i say that i've been through some seasons of suffering where i was just saturated in god's word and then i've been through some seasons where i felt like God was far and I hadn't been saturated in God's word beforehand. And it just felt like a deep, dark pit, basically. It was ugly. And I was trying still, like, but I was so sick, I could hardly even read my Bible during that time. So I still tried to go to Bible study as much as I could, but I ended up just listening to the audio Bible during that time. And I mean, God was so faithful, you know, His word doesn't return void. And so he used that and he drew me up out of that pit. But it was like a really slow, long process. It took a couple of years before I really felt like myself again. And so, gosh, right around when maybe Mac was three, I was able to really start taking care of him again, which that was a a long time. So when you go through something like that, you really start to wrestle with how could God allow this, you know? Mm -hmm. And how can I trust this God that I believe is good, but he let me go through this hard time. So another hard time is what it felt like to me, you know, but he used that to continue to draw me closer to him as I wrestled through it. And then we had just a sweet season as a family with Mac. So wonderful. And then we had another hard season. It's so like ebbs and flows. I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I know most people can probably relate with that. You know, yeah. if you're not in a hard season right now, then you probably will be at some point in the future because that's just the nature of life on earth. You know that there will be trouble in this world, but Jesus has overcome it. So that's where the hope is. Amen. Amen, right? Well, I, mean, I got to remind myself of that because it we're kind of coming out of a hard season right now, honestly, with our baby. But anyways, we went into another hard season with Mac. And through this time, God used that to bring our family into really like radically supporting Bible translation, which was 
an amazing experience for all of us. We had kind of just gotten involved with doing this. We hosted events with them and really got connected with the people that we support in Oaxaca, Mexico. And actually, we had just hosted an event. And then three days later, our son, Mac, ended up in the ER with carbon monoxide poisoning. It's the craziest thing ever. It was in our house. Mm -hmm. And he had basically been exposed to low levels over a long period of time. And it kind of builds up in your system. It's not typical. You know, you don't see that happening a lot. So a lot of the doctors were kind of not sure what to do. Most people who have carbon monoxide poisoning, they pass out and or die because it's really serious. Mm -hmm. It had to do with uh, our heater. It had not been repaired properly, basically. So he was just having terrible headaches and some other really concerning symptoms. And then we discovered what happened. Actually, I got exposed to in the process of discovering it. But that went into a really tough season with him because the doctors just didn't know if he'd ever be okay again. And so we ended up doing all kinds of treatments. That's the time. Oh, and I totally skipped another hard season when I, I forgot to talk about our miscarriage. A year or two before that, I had had a miscarriage, and that was really rough. But God used that. That is when I really started doing prayer journaling right after that. And it was crazy. I had like a moment in the ER where I connected with God more than I ever have, and really more than I ever have since then. There's just those moments when I think sometimes his presence comes fully closer when it's a serious crisis. I can't even explain it. Even the doctors commented on like, you just seem really at peace and okay. (laughs) No, I'm not okay. You know, but yeah. um, And I wish I would have said it's God, but I wasn't, you know, thinking it's God, but it was God. So after that is when I started prayer journaling. And then after the carbon monoxide poisoning, I had just started praying the Psalms and I did it because I was sending out prayer texts for a group of people that wanted to pray for our Bible translation project. And I needed new material because I didn't get updates from them that often. So I was like, I should start using the Bible. That's a good thing to pray, right? Yes. <laughs> and God just led me to the Psalms. But then it became like my my bread, you know, my manna as we went through that hard time. And we ended up renting an oxygen chamber, like the hyperbaric chamber, because the doctor prescribed it. And so Mac and I got into this tiny tube every day, and it was awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds wow. harsh. But Mac was, he had a lot of trauma and emotional symptoms, too. And thankfully, he doesn't remember that, because actually the other day he said he liked it, because oh, wow. he got to watch movies. So that's good. <laughs> yes. Isn't that something how God does that? He he eases the hardness of the memory and he allows the goodness of it to come through. For sure. So that's precious for him. It's just yeah. God's grace. You know, yeah. there's so much kindness in that because that's not how I remember it. Yeah. But I started using that as like my war room because I was stuck in there. So a friend encouraged me, just do your best, you know. When we draw near to God, he draws near to us. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, the Holy Spirit praying for us. And so I just did it. And I used the same method because it was easy that I had been doing before for the psalm prayers, which I had just learned how to do that through Bible study fellowship. It's really simple. It's just praise, thanks, request. That's it. But I thought this will be cool if I can actually use the attributes of God in the Psalms in each of those sections. 
And it was so helpful to me because it was so simple. And that's what I needed right then. So I did. And then that summer, uh, Matt got better. I mean, it took a long time. He did not, he wasn't fully healed probably for a year. We did a lot of therapy for a while. And then the next summer is when we had this crazy opportunity with all of my previous health issues. I would have said that this would never, ever happen. But God made a way, and we got to spend a month in Oaxaca, Mexico, studying Spanish as part of Ty's job. And then we got to spend a weekend visiting our friends that we had been supporting and praying for, which was, I mean, it's the best experience of our whole life by far. So cool. But right before that, I was like, I wonder if I could teach Mac how to pray like this. And I think I could. So I made a little prayer journal just really simple. And we did it there together in Oaxaca. It was the perfect time because we kind of had extra free time. You know, we, Mm -hmm. Mac and I only went to classes in the mornings from like nine to 12. And so every morning we just did it together while we were there. And then that's really what prompted me to write Psalm Prayers for Kids because I was like, okay, if Mac can do this, you know, other kids can too. And then I began teaching adults how to use that too. I love to get to teach women how to do it. And I think the best way for us to learn how to teach our kids how to do it is to practice it ourselves, you know? Absolutely. Yes. I love that. How old was Mac when you started doing this with him? Gosh, like six or seven, I think. Yeah. Maybe seven. And I mean, you know, it's they're receiving and learning more than they are able to communicate back. So mm-hmm. You know, even if he couldn't write down super detailed things from it, it still was planting a seed. And then after that, it was so funny because my mother-in-law would say, oh, my gosh, Mike's prayers have totally changed. Like he's praying the attributes of God now when we pray for our bedtime prayers when he would spend the night with them. I was like, I know, it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. It's such a transformation, you know, that even a young child can go through to just the renewing of our minds, you know, with the Mm -hmm. word of God and how you were teaching him this and that, you know, his grandparents could actually see a difference. And I love earlier too, how you were talking about when you first started to share your story about the different seasons that people experience and their, their different trials in different lives. And they're all hard for the person going through it. And sometimes people will you know, say, well, I don't really have a story or my story isn't big enough, you know, to share or whatever, but, but it isn't really true because like you said, we all go through the ebbs and flows of difficult seasons and we never know what, what that small thing we think wasn't that bad was really something horrific in someone else's life and that we could speak truth and life into their lives about it. And all of the things that you went through and how you were able though to compare what it was like to walk in a season of heaviness and trial without being bibled up or you know Mm -hmm. in word and then where you were and you could see that difference and so it just brings out that passion and compassion that you have and know your conviction to be able to teach others the way the truth and the life and and reading the word and I love how it says that you are an advocate for the Bibleists in your bio you can hear it in your voice that you are excited to do that Uh, well two things I want to go back to one thing that you said but one about the Bibleists God just hit me over the head 
basically when I heard about the need with for the Bible. Bible translation. I know, right? He should have. But, and it, he began to kind of like play this video reel in my mind of all the times that I had desperately clung to his word in suffering. And so then to hear about, it was specifically a group of women in South Asia that were going through some really awful things and they didn't have God's word. And it was just like a light bulb went off in my head. He is the only way that I survived what I went through. Childhood trauma, depression from the sickness after Mac was born, all the things, you know, he was it. Even if I wasn't as connected, his little deposits that I was getting through those years saved me. And there's, there's just no hope without God's word. I mean, it's so sobering to think about that millions of people don't have access to that around the world right now. And the other thing I was going to say is that I've done everything wrong. So I think that helps me to know the, to do things right. You know, yeah. I forgot to say that I worked as a licensed counselor and I was so focused on my career in our early marriage that I neglected my Bible study. And I saw what happens when you do that. I loved my job as a licensed counselor. I got to work with kids that had been through trauma and at a bereavement center. And that was so heavy, but also so rewarding. But then I worked as a college instructor and that was really fun. I got to work with international students. It's neat to see how God prepares you for things, you know, all along the way. And yeah. I got to teach things to them. And I got to teach to students coming into college that needed extra help with like time management and career stuff. And I loved all of that, but I was so focused on like getting my license and just being the best teacher that I could be that I had stopped going to Bible study that year before mm -hmm. Mac was born. And that is when I desperately needed to be so grounded in God's word because yeah. of that trial, you know, that was coming up the next year. So it was just, you know, I've just learned things the hard way. Basically. Yeah. Well, thank you, know? you that. I mean, we really need to be real and honest about that because that's how we connect with other people. You know, it's like, well, she's got it all together. Well, no, she doesn't. No, I don't. <laughs> you know, but it, it reminded me, of course, I guess when you were talking about how you were walking that season with striving, striving, but neglecting the Bible. Because it's like, you know, what if we fill our gas tank up and we're full and we just expect to drive the car? for 20 years or more without filling it up again, without ever going back to a gas pump. That is not even reality. Nobody would ever say, oh yeah, you could do that. And then also, how long can we go without water? You know, our bodies cannot survive. We can go without food for a while, but we can't really go without water. We start getting dehydrated. And even if we go without enough water, because sometimes we're drinking water, but it's not enough water, you know, we just start feeling the effects of it and we don't even realize that we're dehydrated until we go say, hey, this is wrong. This is wrong. It's like, well, you're dehydrated. It's like, I am. You know, you don't really think about it, but you know, that we need that living water too, because our spiritual life gets dehydrated very easily and quickly. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. And it's like, he's our daily bread. He's not our like lifetime bread. I mean, he, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. We need him. I need him just as much every single day that I did yesterday. 
and the yes. day before, tomorrow, and the next day. That song, yeah. that old hymn, I Need Thee Every Hour, mm-hmm. I believe that that was written by a mom, which wow, is so that. appropriate, right? <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> when I walk through the prayer um, guide that I created, mm-hmm. there is a whole section on remembering what God has done because mm-hmm. it just settles our hearts and helps yeah. us to trust him again. It's like, he's the same God that drew me out of that awful pit. And he's going to draw me out of this one too. Like he doesn't yeah. change and he doesn't stop loving me and just because he's like allowed me to go through this other hard time. But it's so easy to feel like that when we're in another hard place. Like yes. maybe God's forgotten us, but he doesn't <laughs> ever. Yeah. Yeah. And that just, amazing how he has brought you through to then connect with him in this form of prayer that you do. And the thing that I love about it is that you've said several times that it's so easy. And I think these days, women especially are overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed with what's going on in their life. They're overwhelmed with their schedule. And so how did Hearts at Rest begin? When did you begin doing that ministry? So Hearts at Rest, began last October and I have been kind of trying to do like an example of a biblical prayer, like how to pray the Psalms on a Facebook live. And it was crazy (laughs) because I would do it with Nick basically Mm -hmm. just to try to show families that you can do this with your kids. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be done with kids. You don't have to be a mom to listen to the podcast. It is geared towards families because it's so simple, but anybody could listen to it. I like stuff that's geared towards kids because it's so simple and easy and short. Actually, I had a friend tell me that you need to turn that into a podcast. And I was like, I can't do all that right now. That's way too much. You know, I had a baby and Nick, that's a whole other season. He's already spent like two weeks in the hospital with crazy things when he was, gosh, like six months old. And so he's had a lot of health issues. He's doing great. But, you know, you're not thinking, hey, let's start a podcast, you know, when you have. But I really felt like God was pressing me to do it. And so I did. And so Hearts at Rest is meant to be like, if we think about rest and what rest is, to me, true rest is when we're resting in God and Mm -hmm. when we experience his presence. It doesn't have to be a long thing. It can just be spending a few minutes thinking about who God is, like one attribute of God and being still. And then offering a prayer back to him. And that's really all the podcast is. It's so short and simple. And then I got Mac involved and now he's everybody's favorite. (laughs) (laughs) And I love also prayers for the nations. Tell us a little bit about that. So Psalm Prayers for the Nations, that was a really fun project. Mm -hmm. 40 families each took one of the verses that we used in Psalm Prayers for Kids. And they wrote out their own prayer using the same simple method praise, thanks, and request. But they are for the nations, for people that don't have God's word in their heart language, for missionaries, for global pastors. That's the whole focus. And so I compiled them together and then self-published that book last year in the middle of the pandemic shutdown. (laughs) See, God uses everything. Nothing is wasted. I would love if you could share how the listener can connect with you and grab your books 
Well, the website is www.sarah-keeling.com. And then the books are on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And then let's see, the Hearts at Rest podcast. It's in almost all the places where you can listen to podcasts. I've been working on that. So if you listen on Apple, Spotify, Google, you can even listen through Alexa. It would also be wonderful for Sunday school teachers, maybe churches mm -hmm. to grab copies that the Sunday school teachers can give out to the parents to take home, you know, because parents always need resources for helping to disciple their children. So thank you, Sarah. This has been amazing. And I hope to have you on. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, friend, and God bless you and your ministry and your family, and we will talk soon. Friends, thank you for listening today. I hope what Sarah had to share blessed and encouraged and inspired you to take some kind of action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Step out in faith today. God is right there with you. If you feel he is calling you to something, pray about it. Continue to seek his word and seek his truth and seek his voice and direction through the Holy Spirit. And also be aware of the people he puts in your life to speak truth into your life because he does that for us. He encourages us and we're called as believers to encourage each other and lift each other up. I have some quotes from the show on the website, doraswift.com in the show notes for this episode, the ones that I really, really love. And also where you can connect with Sarah, I have those links there too. And she has some really cool resources on her website, like free family birth guides and how to get her books and also how to listen to her Hearts at Rest podcast. And I would love to connect with you too. So remember, go to doraswift.com and find some free resources there for you like an ebook, step out of your doubt into your calling, uh, a really handy ministry tool guide, uh, simple tips for sharing your faith with other people. And it's all free for you. And I would just love to connect. And I hope you join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friends, have a blessed week. And I'll talk to you soon.